Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Sophie is off tonight. We have extensive coverage of the unfolding winter storm for you tonight from key bridges closed for hours to flight cancellations and backups on transit. What you need to know to hopefully salvage at least some of your Christmas plans. And we'll start with that perilous commute through the Fraser Valley and into Metro Vancouver. Those two major bridges shut down until further notice. And for the very latest on the situation, Aaron MacArthur joins us now from Surrey. Aaron, ice on the roads, ice falling from the sky, causing some big problems there. Yeah, Chris, big problems for sure. Uh, the roads this morning treacherous because of all the snow, the transition to ice pellets and then freezing rain only making things worse somehow. The Alex Fraser and Portman bridges both closed until further notice. Covered in snow and black ice, Highway 1 conditions were as expected, terrible. For some drivers, snow plows seem to make the situation worse. By 10 a.m., conditions were so bad, vehicles were having difficulty navigating the grades on bridges around the region. The Ministry of Transportation making the decision to close the Alex Fraser and Portman bridges. We didn't get as much snow as we had anticipated, but the precipitation that we did get was in the form of ice pellets, and a lot of that were, ended up sticking to the cables. Throughout the morning, snow turned to freezing rain. Anything out in the elements coated in ice. The highway between Surrey and Abbotsford littered with the typical spun-out cars, with crews pulling wayward drivers out of the ditch. Main road contracting issuing a post reminding people to stay off the roads unless absolutely necessary. Crews running all possible equipment to keep roads and the bridge decks clear. So our contractors will be out in full force on those structures with some targeted maintenance to make sure that those decks are cleared and that we have them well salted and, and, and abrasives applied if, if needed to make sure that there's going to be no challenges when we do open it up. The transition to straight rain is supposed to help with the bridge reopening. But with temperatures hovering right at freezing, a dangerous mix of ice pellets and freezing rain hung around all afternoon. In Abbotsford, people doing what they could just to manage. Brutal, terrible. Never seen it this bad, like snow everywhere, rain, snow, uh, terrible. Any advice for people that are going out driving? Probably stay home. Now it is still raining, it is still below zero, and the trees around here in Surrey are still accumulating that freezing rain. So I don't think this storm is over just yet. Just got off Drive BC website, the next update on the bridge openings, not till 10 o'clock. Chris? All right, thanks very much. Aaron MacArthur reporting in Surrey for us tonight. And some more breaking news to bring you now. The province has just issued a heavy snowfall and avalanche warning for highways three and one. 
Conditions are hazardous above Highway 3 from Hope to Princeton and Princeton to Headley until Monday. Highway 1 near Jackass Mountain will be closed overnight due to avalanche risk with Highway 1 through the Fraser Canyon and Allison Pass between Hope and Princeton also considered moderate risk for an avalanche. So drivers are being urged to avoid all non-essential travel in those areas. Of course, it's not just the roads that are problematic. The icy conditions leading to big delays for anyone using transit in Metro Vancouver. And for that angle, we'll bring in Sarah McDonald, who's in Vancouver. Sarah. Chris, Metro Vancouver has fared arguably better than the Fraser Valley today in terms of ice, but there really are no winners on the roads today. It is wet, it is slushy, it is cold, it is difficult and slow going getting around, especially if you are doing so on transit today. Snow, slush and freezing rain. The ideal conditions for frustration, especially for transit riders trying to navigate Metro Vancouver car free on Friday. Two hours I sat up in 29th Skytrain just to get here now. A bus takes me about 15 minutes to get home. It's been about like maybe two hours now. It's been exciting <laughs> and boring sitting around waiting for long periods of time. With a warning still in place for drivers to avoid non-essential travel, TransLink put out its own advisory to those braving transit. Don't do it if you don't have to. Please take the one as even the sky trains found the conditions too much to handle. The Expo, Millennium and Canada Lines all offline in some capacity for much of the day. Sometimes it becomes uh, difficult for sky trains to uh, uh, move on these uh, rails. The snow is really deep. The intersections are impossible. And causing major disruptions for people like Rita, who couldn't seem to catch a bus or a break anywhere. It's really hard. Yeah, really hard. I fell this morning already. I need to drive to Whistler. Then there's professional driver Ali, originally from Toronto. He's no stranger to navigating winter conditions, just not on roads like these. Looks like city, they cannot handle the snow and they're not ready for it. We should have been prepared. It's going to happen at least once a year in this city. And you think we'd have stockpiles of salt and have the... Uh, uh, snow plows ready to go. You got an extra window. With everyone finding some sort of obstacle getting where they need to be. At this point, I'm just like, well, I might as well just wait. On the Friday, ahead of the peak of the holiday season. It's now wet and cold out, and I think everybody's going to be happy to get home. No doubt. Now, one of the big concerns in the days to come will be flooding, as we have heard. That is mainly in the Fraser Valley and on Vancouver Island. But here in Vancouver, we are already seeing a lot of that snow beginning to melt. We're seeing large puddles starting to accumulate on the roads, likely an early indicator, Chris, of what we can expect next week. Yep, things are changing, Sarah, and we'll get the update on the forecast coming up. Thanks very much. That's Sarah McDonald in Vancouver. Of course, thousands of travelers are trying to make it home for the holidays. And YVR says it's working hard to get back on track after mass flight cancellations caused by the weather. Our Paul Johnson is at the airport now where YVR has made an unprecedented move, Paul, to accommodate stranded passengers over Christmas. Yeah, think about that. They had so many people who were sleeping here in the airport because of canceled flights that they decided they're going to pay the airport, not the airlines, to put up about 400 people in some area hotels, possibly for the next couple of nights. Now, that's an unprecedented step. They've never actually done that before. 
Now, while YVR seems to have gotten through most of the problems that they've had over the course of this week, the problem now is what's happening everywhere else. I'm from Winnipeg. I'm just trying to go home. I'm getting married on the 1st of January. And I wanted to spend some time at home with my family. Anybody with a heart wouldn't struggle to find sympathy for Avi and his new wife. The Winnipeg newlyweds were about to realize their dream of a wedding in India. What they got instead was several nights sleeping on the floor at YVR. We haven't booked anything so far. We're trying to push the airline to get us a hotel for a one day, but uh, then they keep Basically, it's hard to chase them because there's only one guy from Air India. While the airport has sorted out its problems of earlier this week, the airlines are a different story. Continent-wide severe weather, combined with the rush of the first post-pandemic Christmas travel season, means the flight information screens everywhere are a sea of cancellations. Some carriers, like WestJet and Air Canada, took the step of just cancelling much of their schedule Friday. And many are struggling through the perfect storm of weather-related issues. Ground crew that can't make it to work and air crew who've exceeded their max work hours. YVR CEO Tamara Vrooman was running on just three hours sleep Friday. It does take quite a bit of time for airlines to overcome uh, cancellations due to weather of this magnitude in order to get all of the rebookings complete. And we know that some passengers have been spending several days here, particularly ones that are not from Vancouver, awaiting those connecting flights. The standing advice now for anyone traveling or expecting someone who is, is check in with the airline about the status of that flight before you come to the airport. And brace yourself for the possibility that a cancelled flight may not be rebookable in time for holiday plans. Friday afternoon, Avi and his wife were just about ready to pack it in and drive back to Winnipeg. He's too nervous to even try getting a flight again. I don't trust the airlines anymore because I don't think, I don't want to book another flight and then that gets cancelled again. If I'm driving, at least I'm sure I'll make, I'll go to my destination. Uh, you can't blame him for that. One of the things that happened this week was YVR cancelled all international arrivals for about 48 hours to free up space here. One of their goals was to resume international service this morning at 5 a.m. and they met that goal. And Right behind me here you can see one of those flights. This is the flight to Manila. We've been watching as people have been checking in. They're excited. They're going to make their destination for Christmas. Chris? Slowly but surely getting back on track there. Thanks very much Paul. Okay. That's Paul Johnson of YVR. Of course, it's not just the lower mainland struggling through this winter storm. Icy conditions are causing problems right across B.C., including Vancouver Island and parts of the interior. And Catherine Urquhart has the latest. The Coquihalla Highway has been among the many treacherous roadways as a cold front pounds the province. At one point, it was closed. When I got on to shift at 3 in the morning, I was to shut down the highway. So I went and shut down Coldwater Road. The main highway was all shut down from Hope. On the island, BC Transit issued an alert saying that due to adverse weather, all service was cancelled in the Cowichan Valley, including Handy Dart and Victoria commuter runs. Drive BC warned that Highway 4 was closed between the Taylor River Rest Area and the Tofino Euclid Highway due to downed trees and hydro lines. BC Hydro says it's bracing for the possibility of major outages in the hours ahead.
So currently we're um, basically all hands on deck. We have a few hundred people um, on standby, and this includes BC Hydro crews, contractor crews, our vegetation management crews, and other support staff um, to aid in the response. BC Ferries says the weather and poor road conditions prompted them to cancel a number of sailings and had this advice for travelers. I would recommend anybody planning to travel over the next couple of days on BC Ferries do check our website before they head out to the terminals. This was the scene on the streets of Duncan, where it was a slushy mess, but still drivable. And in Nanaimo, a similar situation with some freezing rain. Oh, it's hard, but you gotta manage. It is what it is, right? This winter blast impacting just about everyone as it hammers nearly all corners of the province. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. She's right. It is what it is, and we all have to deal with it. A winter storm warning does remain in effect, though, and for what to expect this evening and through the holiday weekend, let's bring in meteorologist Yvonne Schell, who's in for Christy tonight. Yvonne, what have you got? Okay, let's hone in on this evening, and what we're still tracking is the freezing rain across the region, especially for eastern areas extending into the Fraser Valley. Could see some snow pellets and accretion between 15 and up to 25 millimeters. It's changing over to rain along the west, but we're still watching that very closely, especially especially with temperatures close to and hovering the freezing mark. It'll be temperature dependent for many areas. And we can see that especially in towards the Fraser Valley. So the big concern will still be the risk of freezing rain leading in towards the morning hours. We'll see heavy rain in behind it. We've actually got an atmospheric river that'll set up. Rainfall warning in effect, 25 and potentially up to 90 millimeters. Higher amounts will be along the North Shore Mountains. Northern sections of Coquitlam and Maple Ridge included within that. And the big concern will be localized flooding. We're watching it very closely with melting snow, water pooling, ice clogged drainage, that snow level is rising. We do still have a significant amount of snow. A few spots could see up to 40 centimeters. And we're also looking at very windy conditions along the western edge of the island. We could see upwards of 100 millimeters. I'll break that down, especially if you're traveling along the mountain passes very shortly. Chris. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Yvonne. Doctors under attack in Iran. The brutal crackdown on health professionals as the regime turns again on its own people and how Canadians are trying to help. Mark, how are you feeling out there? Uh, again, uh, the same way I felt about eight minutes ago when you asked me that same question. A sports anchor dragged into duty to cover a winter storm, and he is obviously having none of it. We'll show you more of it coming up later. And lost treasure, if you recognize this jewelry, Police would like to hear from you, and we'll tell you more coming up. Right now, though, a Vancouver doctor is joining forces with others from across the country to help Iranian colleagues. Medics are increasingly finding themselves on the front lines in Iran and are reportedly now being targeted by the Islamic Republic for treating anti-regime demonstrators. The World Medical Association also demanding the immediate end to violence against Iranian healthcare professionals. Negar Moshtahedi has more and a warning this story does contain some details you might find disturbing. Mourners grieving the death of Dr. Ida Rostami. A 36-year-old Tehran physician who was treating injured Iranians fighting for their freedoms on the streets. She was reportedly killed by the regime, tortured with injuries to her genitalia and had her eye pulled out. Iranians wounded by the Islamic Republic's forces apparently avoiding treatment at hospitals for fear of being detained, prosecuted or killed. It's hard to watch. Please 
don't arrest doctors. Please let them do their job. But now it has gone to don't kill them. Don't torture them. Vancouver Dr. Katayun Rahnavardi and a network of doctors throughout Canada are trying to help amplify the voices of medics in Iran whose lives are in danger for fulfilling an oath as clinics and hospitals become the latest battleground. As a parent, um, as a daughter, uh, I can't understand, I can't imagine uh, the amount of pain that these people have gone through. All these parents, you know, seeing their loved ones' bodies and, and tortured. A Montreal woman who is a dentist in Iran has created a database in conjunction with her sources inside Iran to track Iranian healthcare professionals who have been arrested, kidnapped, and killed. So far, we, we are sure of the deaths of at least five healthcare professionals. There are two doctors, one nurse, and two medical students. Fatih says Iranian healthcare professionals always have to be on guard. The regime's security forces, she says, demanding names and details on anyone seeking treatment for wounds that could have been received in demonstrations. They're informants, and you can never know who are these informants. Are they patients or so-called patients? Are they your colleagues? Um, are they the managers? You don't know. Even during the world wars, an unspoken rule that medics were not to be touched. It's considered a war crime under the Geneva Convention. It's an issue of humanity, and it's um, my my duty, my responsibility as a as a mother, as a woman, as a human being, and as a doctor. Negar Moshehedi, Global News. Still to come, they are the worst kind of criminals at Christmas. But tonight, Burnaby RCMP gets some payback against those porch pirates. That's next. And a rare moment in a moose's life captured on video. That's coming up later. Your driving conditions on all the major routes and some closures as well, including the Alex Fraser Bridge and the Portman Bridge. Detours are in effect both ways and they'll reopen when it's deemed safe to do so. Through a charitable partnership between Kermac Cares for Kids and Surrey Memorial Hospital, when you choose Kermac Collision and Auto Glass, you also support the Surrey Memorial Children's Health Center. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center. Two people have been arrested after a string of package thefts in Burnaby. On December 6th, Burnaby RCMP say six packages were stolen from front porches at three separate houses, all in a 40-minute span. On December 21st, a search warrant was executed at a home in New Westminster. Several stolen packages were recovered and a man and woman were arrested. The investigation is ongoing, but police do plan on recommending several charges to the B.C. Prosecution Service. And Victoria Police recovered several pieces of jewelry from a recent search warrant. And they're now trying to find the owners of the items. Take a look. Police say some of these appear to be family heirlooms. And they're looking to reunite them with their rightful owners. So if you recognize any of them or if they belong to you, please call Victoria Police. Could be an early Christmas present. Good news for those heading up to Whistler over the holidays. The newly upgraded Creekside Gondola is officially open. The project was delayed due to shipping delays, but the new high-speed 10-person cabins are now ready for public use. The new gondola is expected to increase uphill capacity by 35%. A Creekside bus shuttle service was in place during construction, but that service will now come to an end. 
the winter blast that might be even worse in the U.S. Stay inside. Stay off the roads. How Americans are dealing with what they call a bomb cyclone. And encouraging results from a study of the flu vaccine. How it's more incentive to get the shot. Hello Bridge is the alternate route to both the Portman Bridge and the Alex Fraser Bridge, which are both still closed. So it's currently experiencing more traffic volume than it normally would anticipate significant delays in both directions. Through a charitable partnership between Kermac Cares for Kids and Surrey Memorial Hospital, when you choose Kermac Collision and Auto Glass, you also support the Surrey Memorial Children's Health Center. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center. A quick recap of our top story for you now. The winter storm wreaking havoc on the south coast. Bye -bye. Conditions throughout the Fraser Valley have been treacherous all day. Highways were covered in snow this morning. It was a slow and treacherous commute. All of that snowfall quickly turned to freezing rain. Highway 1 between Surrey and Abbotsford was slow moving throughout the day. And adding to the commuter chaos, both the Alex Fraser and Portman bridges are shut down completely have been since 10 a.m. because of the risk of ice chunks falling from the bridge cables. Despite winter maintenance, the Transportation Ministry says the closures could not have been prevented. Unfortunately, you know, there's, there's no amount of preparation that we can do in advance to address how and when accumulations will accumulate on these cable stays. We do understand the science and the behavior to a certain point, but it is still difficult to manage um, until it materializes. But what we do do is we try to keep the bridges open as long as possible by you know, using the collar system that we have on these structures to release as much of that as possible. Um, but it becomes even more challenging when it's not snow and it's, it's more of an icy mix. The Transportation Ministry says the bridges will not reopen until the freezing rain turns to straight rain. And we'll get more details on that later. Also, many motorists awoke to find their windows on their vehicles covered in sheets of ice from that freezing rain. While navigating the roads was challenging, the icy weather also brought some transit options to a standstill. Many riders faced service disruptions, with SkyTrain and Canada Line routes halted or delayed due to the ice buildup on the guideways. But because it's an elevated guideway and we see um, ice build up in these conditions, sometimes it becomes uh, difficult for SkyTrains to uh, uh, move on these uh, rails and therefore uh, disruptions in service. We are trying our very best uh, and everything possible to resume service as quickly as possible. TransLink is urging riders not to take transit if possible, but if you do need to travel, You've got to prepare for a longer commute. Follow TransLink on Twitter and sign up for those transit alerts, which will keep you up to date. Now the chaos and flight cancellations continue at YVR, where hundreds of travelers, maybe thousands, are still trying to make it home for the holidays. Long lineups again at the Vancouver airport as people deal with more travel delays. YVR says 323 inbound and outbound flights have been canceled while the airport saw 22 departures and 32 arrivals by early afternoon, well below normal. Both WestJet and Air Canada proactively cancelled flights through Friday afternoon. As temperatures rise, YVR says precipitation can potentially turn snow and ice pellets into freezing rain through the evening.
I had a flight booked for 8 a.m. on Wednesday, and it was canceled the night before and rescheduled for tomorrow. So I've been in my university dorm, and I just got here today to spend a night in a hotel before I fly out tomorrow morning. And you're trying to get to? Newfoundland. So you're a student at UBC, and you're trying to get home for Christmas. Yeah. I'll, I'll arrive um, midnight on Christmas morning. YVR says it continues to keep runways, taxiways, and aprons open and clear. Since midnight, the airport says it has safely de-iced 51 aircraft. A powerful storm has also slammed into much of Ontario. Heavy snow and strong winds are hammering the southern part of the province. Icy roads leading to several accidents on provincial highways. Pearson Airport continues to grapple with hundreds of delayed and cancelled flights. WestJet has cancelled all flights in and out of Toronto until the end of the day. And bad news for transit riders in the greater Toronto area, too. More than 40 bus stops are out of service. South of the border, a similar situation as Americans deal with a storm being called a once-in-a-generation weather event. Jennifer Johnson reports. Hurricane-like winds, Arctic air, and what meteorologists call a bomb cyclone are creating pre-Christmas travel chaos from Texas to the U.S.-Canadian border. Thousands of flights have been canceled. Chicago and Denver, two of the largest travel hubs, are among the hardest-hit airports stranding and rerouting passengers. There's literally just people sleeping all I mean, in our terminal, all over the place. Nerves are also frayed for those on trains, highways, and roads. Amtrak has canceled service on more than 20 routes, most in the Midwest. Near zero visibility has shut down highways between Colorado and Wyoming. Even cities in the south, like Nashville, Tennessee, and Jackson, Mississippi, have been crippled by snow. Seasoned winter drivers are taking no chances. Like even in the areas that have been plowed really well, if you get above 40 miles an hour, you start sliding around. But it's the record cold temperatures that have officials most concerned. Denver's International Airport saw a 37-degree drop in temperature in one hour, the biggest ever recorded. I think our plans are ruined. Parts of Wyoming could hit minus 56 degrees. Frigid temperatures in Texas have already caused power outages, leaving some residents in the cold and dark. The governor promises the power grid will hold up after it crashed last winter, resulting in at least 250 deaths. I'm really glad that I have a fireplace because otherwise I'd be freezing right now. Governors are begging residents to stay home. Stay inside. Stay off the roads. Uh, the last second shopping is not worth it if it would cost you your life. 44 of America's 48 lower states are under some kind of winter, wind chill, freeze or high wind alert. A brutal, not so very Merry Christmas weekend for millions. Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington. In Health Matters tonight, some good news for those who got their flu shot. Preliminary results from the BC Center for Disease Control show the vaccine is providing substantial protection against infection during this early wave, cutting the risk of illness from influenza A by about half. The BC CDC says new surveillance data suggests we're currently on the downslope of the epidemic curve, but officials warn the virus will continue to circulate for several weeks. A secondary wave is expected later in the season, and they're urging anyone who hasn't already received the shot to go ahead and get it quickly. The Port Hardy Emergency Department will once again be closing overnight until later in the new year. The ER will be closed from 5 p.m. to 7 a.m. every night until January 9th due to limited staff availability. The closure is meant to ensure proper staffing at the Port McNeil ER, 
which will be open 24-7 during this time. Community residents experiencing a medical emergency are being advised to go to the Port McNeil location during the overnight closure. Coming up, it's the news children across the country have been anxiously waiting for as we approach Christmas Eve. And the bird that ended up so far off course, it would have taken a Christmas miracle for her to find her way home. Plus, some candid coverage. The good news is that I can still feel my face right now. What happens when a sportscaster joins the storm coverage in Iowa? Coming up later. holidays from all of us here at Global BC. Avalanche Canada is warning of an increased slide risk in the backcountry. The snow, wind and fluctuating temperatures are to blame. The elevated avalanche hazard risk is in place for most regions in BC, but particularly the southwest coast of the province. Avalanche Canada is reminding anyone heading into the backcountry to check the danger rating before heading out. Uh, before heading outdoors, make sure you get the forecast. And if you notice a high hazard rating in the forecast for the area you're going to be recreating in, um, we would be recommending people avoid avalanche train. So this doesn't mean avoid the backcountry. Um, there's always safe places to recreate in the outdoors in the winter. It just means avoiding avalanche train. Mm -hmm. And Reddy recommends advanced avalanche skills training for anyone heading into the backcountry at any point in the winter. So be safe. And if it's too dangerous, just don't go. Stay at home. You've got all the excuses in the world because it is nasty out there. And we'll get the latest on What's to come next for us from Yvonne Shell now in for Christy. Thanks, Chris. Uh, good evening, everyone. I wanted to start off with the variable snowfall amounts that we did track with Squamish getting up to 15 centimeters. And these totals also include ice pellets. North Vancouver up to 10. Whistler out of the airport we saw up to 8. So Pitt Meadows even getting up to 6 centimeters. So there was a variation in comparison to what we saw on Tuesday. It was widespread snow, but the big weather story that we're continuing to follow overnight and leading in towards tomorrow will be the potential and still seeing that risk of freezing rain. There's that transition with temperatures close to and hovering the freezing mark. The big concern will be for the Fraser Valley. Ice accretion between 15 and up to 25 millimeters and then rain. We've got an atmospheric river that's developing. It's setting up. We've got this subtropical moisture that is going to move in. So Metro Vancouver we've got that warm air. It's changing over to rain but the Fraser Valley will still see the potential for freezing rain and then changing over to rain as we get in towards tomorrow morning. So 15 and up to 25 millimeters. I've left that in there for the ice accretion. The Fraser Valley then will be tracking 40 and up to 60 millimeters of rain. A significant amount of snow will fall through the day tomorrow. 20 and up to 30 centimeters for Squamish if you're along the Sea to Sky leading in towards Whistler. We're looking at 30 and up to 40 centimeters. We are also looking at rainfall heavy along the western edge of the island. I wanted to outline with that rainfall warning 100 to 120 millimeters is possible. Also with very windy conditions, gusts of up to 90 kilometers per hour. Power outages and localized flooding will be a big concern and we're watching that transition from freezing rain over to rain for most areas along the south coast. Also snowfall amounts for the northern half of the province inland, 25 and up to 50 centimeters is possible. Smithers, Terrace and Kitimat all included within that and snowfall amounts. I wanted to highlight if you're traveling along the mountain passes, see the sky up to 
40 centimeters. The Coquihalla, it'll be similar. Allison Pass, between 20 and up to 30 centimeters. Lots to take in, so you'll want to check in with drivebc.ca for the latest road conditions, but the Rogers Pass could also see an additional 15 and up to 20 centimeters. So heavy snow will be inland, continuing through our holiday weekend. Much of the central and southern half of the province will still see snowfall amounts between 10 and up to 15 centimeters. Along the island, we'll see that transition over to rain. Big concern will be for localized flooding as this atmospheric river sets up. 25 and up to 90 millimeters is possible for rainfall amounts. Windy at times, gusts of up to 60. Christmas day so far, milder, but it is going to be a wet one with temperatures up to 8. Tonight's weather window, a great shot that was captured in Tawasson and this one from Ryan. Chris? Mm, beautiful stuff. All right, thanks very much, Yvonne. Good news for anyone on the nice list this year. And yes, that, that does include you, Yvonne. Really? Yeah, you're on the nice list for sure. The federal government has given Santa Claus the all-clear to fly into Canadian airspace. Omar, it's time. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Transport Minister Omar Al-Gabra authorizing Old St. Nick to use our airspace just this morning. An important step in order for Santa to deliver those presents by Sunday. The video, which of course is a spoof on Mission Impossible, has Santa accepting the mission. Online, people seem divided, with a lot of people enjoying it and others wondering how much the video cost to taxpayers. Bit of a bah humbug point of view. We'll get the numbers eventually. I'm All right. concerned that uh, Rudolph's uh, red nose will short circuit with the rain. <laughs> that could. Didn't sign up for this. That could happen, it's crazy. <laughs> Although I, I have it on good authority that the sled still works in the rain. Uh, what's going on in sports? Well, Chris, the uh, Canucks are back on the ice as we speak in Edmonton, but we have to look back at Elias Pettersson's brilliant five-point night last night versus Seattle. One-timer, loose puck, Miller gets it, sends it across, Pettersson scores! It was his best performance as a Canuck. Five points, the shootout winner, all after being down with the flu for a week. What a comeback. There's a reason we named her Amelia Earhart. Also coming up, an international pigeon that literally flew the coop and the mystery around the length of her journey all the way to Calgary. Barry's here with sports. You picked the right game to take the kids to last night. That's didn't right. You? We got very lucky. Uh, an entertaining game and maybe Elias Pettersson's greatest game ever as a yeah. Canuck, which is saying something because he's had a few. All right. Thanks, Chris. Well, uh, when Elias Pettersson and his uh, agent get around to negotiating a new contract with Canucks management, they will likely just submit the game tape from last night's wild and woolly 6-5 shutout win over Seattle. Pedersen was a one-man band, scoring two goals, added three assists for a five-point night, and he scored the shootout winner to top it off. And he'd been off skates for six days with the flu. It was an amazing performance the Canucks absolutely needed and are hoping Petey's got more in him tonight in Edmonton in the Canucks' final game before the Christmas break. We've got early highlights of that one. How about that? Alfonso Davies, an Edmonton boy, with the ceremonial face-off before the game. Colin Delius 
starting in goal, makes a big glove save off Yesipoyarvi in the opening minute. The Oilers really came out strong. Eight shots in the first four minutes, but Delia stopped all of them. Another chance, Darnell Nurse off the rush, but Delia with his 10th save of the period, not even halfway through. Good decision by Boudreaux to play him ahead of Spencer Martin, who's maybe wearing down a bit. But after yet another bad Canuck giveaway, this one by Ilya Mikheyev. Those blind passes uh, are killers. Connor Garland did the same thing yesterday that led to a goal. This one by Derek Ryan. So it's 1-0 Edmonton late first. Well, we have to revisit last night's game, which uh, had a lot of everything. Giveaways by the Canucks, momentum swings, and goalposts. Now, before Elias Pettersson won the game with that dramatic shootout goal, the Canucks had their fans' ears ringing by hitting two posts and a crossbar in about a 45-second span in overtime. They can laugh now because they won the game, but it was a bizarre sequence of events. Take a look. He's got the puck moving on the left wing. Miller, Rashad hit the post. Rebound came off in the ears. Hughes ahead to Pedersen. Can he do it? Elias Pedersen to the middle. He shoots. He hit the crossbar. Unbelievable. Now Hughes in front. Quinn Hughes making moves. Cuts in the middle. He shoots. He hit the post. This is insane. Can't let one in. There's one post. You know things are going well for you. You get one post. Now you get another one. Boy, it's really going well for you. Martin Jones. In this overtime, that's three posts within a minute and a half. Can Elias Pettersson cap a remarkable night? Yes! What a game for Elias Pettersson. That was fun to watch. NHL tonight, Alex Ovechkin stuck at 800 career goals, hasn't scored in four games, which is a slump for him. But late first, the Jets uh, versus the Jets. Ovechkin gets number 801. Off the rush, snaps it past David Riddick to tie Mr. Hockey, Gordie Howe, with his 801st goal. That's tied for second on the all-time list. And now 93 behind Wayne Gretzky. And we've uh, heard Ovechkin just scored into the empty net for number 802. So now he's solo second. Canada's final tune-up for the World Juniors taking on Finland tonight in a rematch of last year's gold medal game. There's North fans Connor Bedard. What a game he had. Steal here and then the beautiful toe drag but uh, can't convert the backhander. Five assists over the first two pre-tournament games. No goals yet but you know that will change and it does. Late second on the power play. A rocket wrister to the top corner. That may be the best shot on the planet already. Austin Matthews, McDavid included. At age 17, 3-2. Third period, Bedard trying the old lacrosse scoop and score, but the Finnish goalie gets his head against the post to seal it off. But Bedard had the crowd buzzing all night. How about this? Another steal goes in and clank off the post. That close to his second of the game, but Bedard feeling it. And then later on the power play, Bedard with yet another howitzer to the top corner. It's unstoppable. You just shake your head. What a release. He's ready to win another gold for Canada at the World Juniors. 5-3 the final today over Finland. The tournament opens for real. Boxing Day versus Czechia. 
The Blue Jays swung a major deal with Arizona today, acquiring left-handed slugger Dalton Varsho in exchange for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and top catching prospect Gabriel Moreno. So the Jays shaking up the roster even more. Remember, they dealt Teoscar Hernandez to Seattle for bullpen help earlier this offseason. Varsho is a power hitter who smashed 27 homers and 74 RBI last year. He gives the Jays a much-needed left-handed bat, but he's also got some speed. He had 16 steals last year. Even though he mainly played outfield last year in Arizona, he can catch 16 appearances behind the plate, so he gives the Jays an extra catcher if need be, but he'll be the everyday right fielder in Toronto. There you go. That's it for sports. Wheeling and dealing. All right. Mm -hmm. Thanks very much, Barry. Right after the break, lost and found the long journey a pigeon from Europe made to end up on Canadian soil. That's next. Lots going on all day, and Jordan Armstrong is standing by with a preview of what's coming up on Global News at 11 tonight. Jordan. Chris, as you know, the travel situation is changing by the hour, so we'll stay on top of it. Here's a live look at the Patello Bridge, which is open and quite busy. Unlike the Portman and Alex Fraser bridges, which remain closed, Drive BC is promising a status update around 10 o'clock, so we'll have that. BC Ferries has some cancellations tonight due to short staffing. The ones I've listed here are just on the major routes. There are others on the minor routes as well. So if you do have to head to a ferry terminal, make sure you check bcferries.com before heading out. We'll have the latest tonight on Global News at 11. Chris. All right, Jordan. Thank you very much. Now, a wild tale of lost and found an international pigeon that literally flew the coop and somehow ended up in Calgary. Jill Croteau reports. They are a remarkable species. Homing pigeons have internal compasses and are able to memorize landmarks to retrace a path home. But this bird ended up so far off its course, it would have been a miracle for her to find her way back. After being found frozen to a front porch in Calgary, she was taken in by Alex Gray, who didn't know what else to do, and tracked down Jeannie Palmer, who raises and rescues pigeons. There were a lot of people who wanted the bird, but no one who was able to prove that it was theirs. So I reached out to Jeannie and I said, all right, um, I don't think we're going to have any traction with this. And she doesn't really seem happy by herself. So by all means, come and get her. Come on, babies. Once Palmer got her home, she did some digging and reached out to her fellow pigeon fanciers, who helped her identify her from her tag. The bad number has an L on it. That's clearly not Canadian. It's not American. Where is this bird from? She's from the Netherlands and belonged to Hank Bax, a man who races pigeons. And he said this bird went missing from a race in Vervins, France, April 25th, 2021, 200 kilometers from the coop. A year and a half later, she shows up on the sidewalk in Calgary, Alberta. The Dutch owner gave his blessing to keep the pigeon. How would you fly from Vervins, France, all the way here? There's a reason we named her Amelia Earhart. <laughs> Maybe she did fly here. So if Amelia didn't use her wings, how did she get so far from home? Was it smuggled here? 
Did it land on a carrier ship by mistake and then sailed off to the great unknown? It will likely remain a mystery, but there's no question she's retiring from racing and will officially become a Canadian. She's going to join my coop and just be a spoiled, lazy pigeon for the rest of her life. Hopefully she'll pick one of my handsome boys outside to buddy up with and have a happy little family of her own. Jill Croteau, Global News. Hey, here's another cool animal story. Caught on camera, a ring doorbell in Alaska captures a moose shedding its antlers. In the video, the animal can see, be seen walking into frame just on the left there before it stops right in the camera's view. It pauses for a few minutes before giving its head a shake, and that's when the antlers fall right off its head. The animal is spooked as the antlers are released. The couple who captured the footage say they plan to hang the antlers in their home, but very rare to capture that moment in a moose's life on camera. All right, we're going to wind this up now. Considering <laughs> what we have all had to deal with the past few days, we can sympathize with an Iowa TV station that needed all hands on deck to cover the major U.S. winter storm. The sports guy got called into duty covering the weather, <laughs> and he wasn't exactly happy about it. It's absolutely uh, fantastic, Ryan. You know, I I'm used to these evening shows that are only 30 minutes long, and generally on those shows, I'm inside. So uh, this is a really long show. Tune in for the next couple hours to watch me progressively get crankier and crankier. I didn't even realize that there was a 3.30 also in the morning uh, until today. <laughs> those are some of Mark Woodley's candid remarks from his time covering the blizzard in Iowa for the station's morning show on Thursday. Woodley says he was asked to report on the weather after the area's sporting events were canceled because of the snow conditions. The video has now been viewed more than two million times. Cranky I can see Woodley. Squire doing something like that. I don't know. He was, if, no, I can see him complaining. Yeah. 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 yeah he I doesn't think like the cold. He doesn't like the cold. No. Takes a lot of character, Yvonne. <laughs> we'll yes. give you the last word on weather tonight. Yeah, a lot of elements out there. We are going to still see freezing rain for eastern areas extending into the Fraser Valley. We're tracking rain and heavy at times. The big weather story that we'll be following in towards our holiday weekend will be the potential for localized flooding, also the potential for power outages with very windy conditions. So stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Lots to track into our holiday weekend. All right, thanks very much, Yvonne, and thank you for watching. Big shout-out to everybody who's going to be working through this weekend on the holidays. Merry Christmas to you all, and we'll see you next week. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.